I said the Lord is good. Can you just rise to your feet for a moment? Let's um, get rid of the distractions and at that same time, let's um, declare the word of God with which we activate the grace apparatus for perception. Uh, we usually do that when we stand. And I found out from experience that if you are sharing the word with somebody, it's usually more powerful. So can you just turn to somebody beside you and address the person and declare this word to that individual? Say, now I declare. Start it. But the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Again, I declare that healing has come to every part of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, the other day I went to preach somewhere, and I finished preaching. At the end of the day, a woman came to give me a testimony. I was just saying something about the walking of the word of God. She said she, went, she had this pain in her leg, on her foot. Quite painful. She couldn't wear her shoes or walk after a while. So she felt that, of course, she had access to good doctors. And they actually prescribed something for her. And she said that, if I start taking this medicine, I don't know when I'm going to stop. So she said, let me take the word of God. Are you getting my point? So she took a retreat to go and meditate on the word of God. Let me make a long story short. She said she did not even know when the pain disappeared. One day she just looked and said, oh, this pain has gone. She kept on feeding on God's word. Derek Prince said that, that that was how he cleared a skin disease that doctors had given up on, on him. It took a number of months, and that's what I keep on telling to people. If doctors say, take this medicine for a year and come back after one year, we dutifully come back. But when it's God, he says, today, today, right now, God must do it now. My God is a God of now. If he doesn't do it now, you can't put God in a box. Many things they are a process. Jesus said as he went, concerning one of the people he spoke to, as they went, they were healed. There was one he said, go to the pool of Siloam and go and wash. It took a while to get to that pool. There was a process. Many times what God is doing in our lives, they come in a process. I hope you're getting my point here. And what I'm saying again to you today, that that process is working in your life. Amen. Say amen if you believe it now. Amen. Declare it after me, say in the name of Jesus. In, the name of Jesus. in, me, in me, life is working. Life. Say it again. In me, me, life is working. In my head, in my my neck, in my my chest, chest, in my stomach, down to my feet, every part of me, me, life is working. working. Say, life is working. working. In my heart, heart, life is working. In my lungs, life is working. In my kidneys, life is working. Let me say something to you. There are Diseases that you will have had in five years' time, they are being cured today. Amen. That's the way it works. There are things that will have afflicted you maybe in the next five years. There's something that we, we, we learned in, in pathology. They say if you find a cancer in somebody, it's been growing for the last ten years. But the person said, when did you first feel the lump? Just like uh, about one month ago. Just one lump. And then it has doubled in size since that time. Those early days when we began to study, there are a few variations these days. They said that that thing has already grown for three quarters of its lifespan. That is the amount of years it has left to kill somebody. It's less than the amount of years that's spent growing. So if the person dies by the next five years, they say, look, you didn't catch it on time. It's been there for the previous 15 years. That's what the Bible means when they say death is working. Are you getting my point? It's a process. Death is working. He said, the day you eat of it, that day you shall surely die. All right, what, what does that mean? In dying, literal Hebrew says, in dying you shall die. That's the literal Hebrew. The day you eat of it, that day you will surely die. He said, in dying you shall die. There's a process of dying. Things begin to shut down systematically. But when Jesus came, the power of resurrection is that he turned things around and life began to work. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, life is working in you. Amen. As the word is coming to you, life is working. I want you to declare it again. Say, in me, life is working. Say, life is working. Now, there's one thing you should bear in mind. It came to Jesus. There are many things Jesus did instantaneously. But you can be sure of one thing. Most of those ones you find, they actually began to work in the life of John the Baptist. 
when they went for baptism, he had kindled something in them. And Jesus now came as a third day, all right? I don't want to talk about that now again. Jesus came as a manifestation of the third day of God in their lives. Now, I want to bring out something here. But there's something else that was now said. Say the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised. And I said, the poor have the gospel preached to them. When, I, when that one struck me many years ago, I realized that somebody said that, look, today you will give one offering and your life will never be the same again. Listen to me. 99 times out of 100, for an average Christian, that statement will not be true. Not because the preacher is lying per se, but because it doesn't work like that for most people. Finances is a process. That's why Jesus, the poor, he preached the gospel to them. He did not make them rich instantaneously. Finances is one major part of life that's a process. If somebody says you'll give you a financial miracle overnight, today you are poor, tomorrow will be a multi-millionaire. Listen to me. The glory of being, having too much money will destroy you. And God doesn't even play those jokes. All right? But from a point in time, he sets you on the path of progress. Are you getting my point? That your life actually works in your finances. You don't have a job now does not mean life is not working. That's a matter of fact. Every day he's converting you into something you were not before. I found that, you know, simple bookkeeping, most people don't even know it. Christians, they don't know how to do proper bookkeeping. If God wants to make you rich, he has to teach you, he will teach you that one first. You are looking for a job, let me tell you something. Rather than being idle, take any job. What did I say? Let me say it again. Rather than being idle, take any job. You know why? A job is an opportunity to prove faithful. It's not a pathway to progress and prosperity. I don't know what I get my point. It is not as if that's this job, they are not high paying. The job that is not paying high usually pays a lot of patience. Are you getting my point? Yeah, it teaches you more patience than anybody else can teach you. It teaches you a lot of discipline. It teaches you how to withstand pressure. God doesn't just frame money from heaven. One of the things he teaches his people how to manage. That's one thing preachers don't preach a lot these days. Yes, we need a lot of people preaching that thing. A lot of Christians don't know how to manage. So there is a, there is, there is a way to abound, there is a way to abase. And many times what God wants to teach many Christians is how to manage. He said, God, I believe you for a job where they will pay me 1.5 million a month. God said, listen, I'm not going to start your life like that. If I start it like that, that's where it will end. Because you will not know how to make things grow. So it brings you down low. I hope you get my point here. Now, no matter where you are today, that's actually my emphasis. Life is working. I don't know whether I hear what I said. Let me say it again. Concerning your finances, life is working. Amen. All right. According to your image, shall be the magnitude of the work. Amen. You see, Christians like threat. They, why do you like threat like this? Eh? Now, let's say straight. In your finances, life is working. Amen. There's a process that is working in your life. Amen. Even though today you are small, tomorrow you shall be great. Amen. I said tomorrow you shall be great. Amen. Now, because greatness is already determined. What is just happening is that life is what? Working it out. Turn to your neighbor. Say, in my life. life. Turn some to somebody. Say, in my life. In my life. Life is working it out. Life is working it out. Say, the life of God, life of God is working in me. Working and it's bringing out something great. Out something because great. greatness has been determined for me. Because say, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus poverty, has poverty has been broken. Permanently. Totally. totally. Finishly. Finishly. I invent my English once in a while. I told you. I have to invent. No, the, some of the revelations you have, there's no English word to carry it. So you invent your own. At least you don't mean of finishly now. There's finally, totally, and finishly. Listen, you're not prospering because you're a giver. That's not why. You're prospering because Jesus died and is making intercession. So what about my giving? My giving is a sign. That I understand that money is nothing. I don't hold on to it. If you hold on to it, you have taken your eyes away from God and you have focused on the material thing. By doing that, you, the Bible says you will limit the Holy One of Israel. But remember every day, focus on what Christ has done for you. It is in Him that you prosper. Somebody say Amen. amen. Because some people want to, they need two more years to give so that they can prosper some more. No, it's not like that. You've prospered already. God is just working out his process. As part of that working out, he has to teach you how to give. Because the reason why he's giving you finances is not so that you'll be able to eat better. No. It is so that you can do what? His work. You know, uh, Derek Prince described prosperity as having enough you need in life to do everything that God wants you to do. 
and I added my own, and to be able to help somebody else do his own too. Are you getting my point here? All right, they overlap, they overlap, all right? We spend a lot of money, all right? Millions and millions of naira over the year, that every year in Kingdom World Ministries. Some people give the money. That is, God has blessed them. They out of what God has given them, they help us preach the gospel. That's part of prosperity. So God teaches us all of those things. But the real reason we prosper is because Jesus said, I have broken away poverty out of your life. Christians must realize that. Jacob said, um, Isaac said concerning Jacob, he said, I've, I've, I've sustained him with grain and with new wine. He prophesied the word of God to him. Listen to me. Jesus has sustained you with grain and with new wine. Amen. Say amen like you like it like that. Amen. You are sustained in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the midst of adversity, you are sustained. Amen. You know what? That thing is manifesting as the word is entering into your life. Let's declare it again. Now I declare. Say it. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what I wanted to get to. I just wanted to repeat that one again. That now the word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. Let me say it again. Healing in every area has come to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me say one more time. Healing in every area. Every area means spiritually in your soul, in your body, in your economy, every area, in your marriage, in your relationship, it is healing. Look, if you're a married man, married woman here, say amen. Amen. Ah, plenty. <laughs> Where are the single people? There is no trick for having a successful marriage. All those books of five keys, you know, to make your husband happy. I don't know, maybe my own experience is different. Chooks, how's your own been? How many years you don't do now? Seven. Well, you don't try. Oh. <laughs> I see seeing you by 11 good years. I'm heading to 18. Ah, finally. <laughs> the Lord is good. But you know you have seen all this. Right? There's no trick to these things. Though. There are times you do everything right. Your wife just wakes up and she's unhappy. And you say, why are you unhappy? She says, no, you. Say, what did I do? Even she does not know. But she knows you are the one. Why? Because you are the one that slept beside her on the bed. So it must be you. You are the evil spirit that is pursuing her. Holy Ghost fire against you. <laughs> you get my point? There is no trick. There is no trick. So I have learned to pray. Somebody say amen. amen. If you want to be mar- to happily marry, you plan to pray. You pray for yourself. You pray for your wife or if your husband. I said, remember one day I prayed a prayer. God is here answering to you today. I know where I was that day. I was driving somewhere on that MNA road. I was coming back this way. And I remember the scripture. He said, be exhilarated with her love at all times. You know, the word of God is not counsel. It's not advice like, Pastor Banky, see, it's good though. If you just are exhilarated with the love of your wife, it will be good for your ministry. It's not like that. When he utters that word, he gives you what? Ability. That day I say, ah, Lord, according to what you have said, I am exhilarated with her love at all times. Since that day, <laughs> hallelujah. If I want to chase woman, I know where to go. If I'm in the mood for chasing woman today, I just go home. There's a woman to chase there 24-7. The Lord is good. There's no trick for this thing, though. No. It's the word of God that is working. I'm telling you, this man is smiling at me. You are going to use it today. <laughs> the Lord is good. One day, one woman heard me preach on radio, on TV. I got to work next day. That she, had, she had never heard anything like that before. What did I say? Said I said at that time I've been married for about 10 years or so. And I said that I love my wife more now than I did at the beginning. She was watching our TV at home. There we used to be on NTA. So the next two days she now saw me at work say, eh? That, that thing you said, I haven't heard it before, ever. And I was like, what is strange in it? Is love not supposed to get stronger with time? Most people, the first one year is the hottest. After that time, they're just co-tenants. Co-tenants the same home. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. 
even if you are not married and you are here, say amen to that prayer. Amen. It will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. I can hear Dechiku's amen loud from the back. For his sake, let me say it again. It will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You will be happy and you'll be getting happier. Many people here will be married for up to 60, 70 years. Amen. They are not a big deal. The other day I was watching George Bush on TV. They said he was ill. He has been married for 72 years. What's the big deal? 72 years. And let me tell you, with every person here, your love will be sweeter. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will be an example for your children to follow. Amen. You will be an example for other people around to follow. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please take your seats as, you, as we get ready to hear the word of God today. I, don't, I, just, I, I was just in a praying mood. It's good, amen? And any man in the house waiting to be rich before he gets a wife, let me tell you, you are planning to wait too late. All the good girls will finish. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes. All the people are saying amen. They, they, they are on my side. They are not on your side. But they are on the side of truth. Amen. amen. Yes. And any girl waiting says, you have to be rich before I marry you. Sit down there. All the good men, they will have finished. One day, <laughs> I saw a joke some, one day. I, I don't know what, how many of you saw it. He said, if you see a man I'm going to give you the joke first, then I'll now give you my own, my own interpretation of it. Let me see whether I can find it. I'll take this on single women. No. Now you are the priest too. Uh-huh, I found it. Say, ladies, if you come across a man who is smart, hot, humble, educated, financially secure, passionate, and patient, great at fixing things around the house, and he's not materialistic, he loves you like you're the only girl in the world, and watches you whilst you are applying your makeup and listen to every word you say. Say, so then be assured that the weed you smoked is good quality. I disagree and say, where did you find that girl? The Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. When I saw, before I got to that portion there, where I was going, okay, this is my own interpretation of it. Okay, I'll tell you my own side. All right? You can find, I mean, my wife has found a man like that, amen? All right? And she's not on weed. <laughs> and she's not on weed. The only thing I want to say is that I wasn't like that when she found me. That's where I was going. If you find a man like that, most likely he's been married for the last 10 years. To you, if you are the woman that's seen that. All right? He's been married for the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. If you find a single man like that, you're on, you're on drugs. You smoke something, your eye never clear. Are, are you getting my point? If you are a single lady and you find a single man like this, never been married before, just wake up. Just wake up. Pinch yourself. Say, this is a dream. Keep on pinching yourself. If you don't wake up, come and meet me. I'll wake you up. The truth is that men like that are made over time. Usually by that woman. I mean, who was born patient? Many times you learn patience from the things you suffer. Some of them you suffer from your wife. Then you now learn patience. So if you are looking for a man that is very patient, you are not likely to find him. No, not likely. Not likely. You have to, you know, we learn patience. Are you getting my point? I mean, if a man has been fully patient, fully everything before you came, what does he need you for? Every, people think that everything God made was perfect. Ah, it's not, it's not true. It's not the word of God. How do I know? It's in the Bible. God looked at Adam and said, it is not good. So what did he say? I will improve him. How do I improve him? I will find the help that is fitting for him. If Adam was 100% perfect, why would we say he's not, he's not good? He said, but everything at the beginning said was very good. I didn't say it was not so. But he said, perfect. When God first made Adam, he was good. Then after a while, the Lord observed him and said, for the next phase of your life, you are not good. That's the point I'm making. God gives room for everything. Even the earth he made was not full, was not perfect. What I mean by perfect is that the picture he had in his mind had not been accomplished. That's why he said to them, be fruitful and do what? I didn't hear you well. He said, be fruitful and multiply. It shows you, therefore, that point they were in at that time was not where he wanted them to be. So he said, we have to go forward. You will be fruitful and you will what? Multiply. You will fill the earth. You will have dominion. Now, those things were going to come out in the process of time. 
I hope you are getting my point. So if you have a set of pictures, a, a set of uh, ideals you have written down, pasted on your wall that a man must fulfill before you marry, it's not, it's not bad to have the set of ideals, but you will marry before you see it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You will marry before you see it. Then you will now create it over the next 10 years, 15 years. My wife is still working hard and 17 years has passed and she's not close yet. So if she can endure for 17 years, you save manage. Better start on time so that your 17 years can start counting. <laughs> she's married to me over 17 years. And as of today, I don't know when she's angry with me or with somebody else. This afternoon she came. Okay, I'm going now. I said bye-bye. She says she's going for evangelism with Pastor Murphy. I said, okay, bye-bye. Then, 10 seconds later, she came back. She said, did you see I was sad just now? I said, you were sad? You know the truth? I saw it small. So I thought she was angry at me. I said, what have I done again? <laughs> you know that kind of thing? Even you are laughing. You've been going through these things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, in my mind, she now said, I need somebody to just cool me. And I said, okay, sit down here. Just cool down. Cool down. So what happened, really? It's my driver. Look at what he did just now. And I felt like saying that. Why did you come in looking like you were angry with me? You should have just said, my husband, I'm angry with my driver. And then instantly, I'll be, be clear. For 17 years later, I'm not yet able to decipher <laughs> whether the anger is towards me. So better start on time. That's what I'm telling you. You have 17 years to learn all these things. So, so I just said, okay, but let's sit down. Don't worry. When this man comes today, I'm giving him a query. In fact, I'm sucking him. I didn't say that actually, but I'm, are you getting my point? But I wasn't, I didn't even know I was not the cause of the problem. The Lord is good. He said, look at it, I'm not happy and I'm going to preach. He said, don't worry, repeat 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm a, I said, <laughs> I said so I say that I'm an able minister of the new covenant. I'm an able minister of the new covenant. He said, okay, thank you, thank you. I said, they go, ha, now wow. Anyway, just now, I thought I was the one that sinned. The Lord is good. Why am I preaching like this? All those of you that, okay, somebody has been chasing you. You say, I need my answer this coming week. He's a good man. What did I say? He's a good man. He's a good man. He's a good man. Marry him like that. His car is spoiled, all right? And he has not been able to repair it. Don't worry. It doesn't matter. Just joyfully take Keke. Two of you sit at the back of Keke and ride it around town. Amen? Amen. If I want to show your friends, toying, use the Keke as your bridal. What is that one that carries the bride? What do they call that? Is it bridal car? Yes. Then you can test to it later. When you, are, when you are now dining with Dangote. He said, there was a time I was wearing My bridal car was a keke. Amen. Praise the Lord. Elijah, I know what God is doing. Better give your life to Christ. Are you getting my point? You have reached a particular level that time. You now can tell sweet, sweet stories. A good car can break down. Hey, what am I preaching Oh, yeah, you know this story I've told a number of times. John Johnson's founder of Ebony. You know Ebony? Ebony magazine? Yes. Multi-millionaire worth about almost a billion dollars before he died. He had only one daughter. So you can imagine. Only child is about to wed. A multi-millionaire will spend money on the girl, right? So he did. He ordered a brand new Rolls Royce to carry the girl on the wedding day. They drove the car to church. They finished the wedding. Let them enter the car and go to reception. The car did not start. Did you hear what I said? No, no, did you hear me well? Brand new what? Rose Royce. I did not say he bought a Kia Optima. I didn't say it was a Hyundai, uh, what they call Santa Fe. I didn't say it was a Honda Accord. Not a Lexus. Not BMW. A brand new Rolls Royce. They parked it outside. They went to the church, came out, turned the key. The car didn't answer them. You know what the car was saying? All flesh is grass. So you know what the girl did? She walked. Good enough, reception was not far. So they walked from church to reception. And they felt comfortable walking. You know why? They did not have a poverty mentality. If it was a poor person that was walking, I'd say, I'm tracking today. God will still see. In Jesus' name, we are going far. But I told you, you're already rich. (laughs) Did you get my point? No, the girl walked. Literally, the reception was not fast. So they decided to walk. So they walked from church to reception. A multi-millionaire could buy a brand new Rolls Royce. I hope you're getting my point. Please, if, if a responsible man wants to marry you, go and marry him. Hmm? But don't marry an irresponsible man. No. I dislike irresponsible people. There's a difference between irresponsible and I'm being rich or not being rich. 
being responsible is something you can easily detect. If everything you are discussing with him, he said, let me go and talk to my father. Just leave him. You hear what I say? Say, ah, we need to do this. They say, ah, I don't have money. Let me go and talk to my father. You style. Say, Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. Say, I should pray. So when you are talking to him, say, this morning when I woke up at home, Holy Spirit said, I should pray. I prayed. And after I finished praying, Holy Spirit said, I should pray some more. So I'm going on a three days fasting and praying. So don't call me. My phone will be off. I did three days fasting and praying. Holy Spirit said, I should think about this relationship for six months. <laughs> it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. And that's how Christians deceive people. Everything, you blame it on who? I didn't even come to propose marriage. It is Holy Spirit that said I should come. Holy Spirit now said I should go and I should go and pray. I'm not saying you should do like that, but do something similar. <laughs> that's what you don't need. Are you getting my point? Yeah, you need a man who is responsible. I'm not saying he's a bad person, just that he needs to get to the point. He said, for this cause shall a boy leave his father. Eh, sorry, is that what he said? Shall a what? A man leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife. That's the only thing you need. If a time, I mean, anytime he opens his mouth, you can feel it. There's a spirit of the man coming out of his mouth. Marry that guy. No matter how poor he looks right now, just marry him. Two of you go somewhere great. Are you getting my point? It's very, very important what I'm telling you. If you are looking for the man that will be very rich first, you are missing one opportunity. It's all because the wife of thy youth Go and read my book. Should I say yes? Everything is well outlined in there. Please, I hope you get my point this, this, morning, this afternoon. All right? It's so crucial we understand this. And you men, too. One way to one day, my friend, Pastor Courage, you help somebody organize a wedding for 2,000 naira of those days. Now, it's like, it like today, now, like 25,000 of today. So, you don't think it's heavy. A complete wedding. Complete wedding. Imagine today, now, they said 25,000 naira. The guy said that's all the money he has, and he wants to prove to money that he will do this wedding. That he's not looking for more money. That the reason why he has been keeping this guy waiting all these years is that he's looking for money. And that the money has refused to come. So he wants to show this money that it cannot hold back his life. He told the wife, I want to marry you, but I don't have money. Can we go on? And God does some things to people. Just let it look. Except you cross that hurdle. I don't know the details of his story, but it's a story I told you last time. One of my friends, something similar happened to him. I can use that, his own story, to finish it. At that time, he was, in fact, at that time, he was out of job. He was out of work for certain reasons. He was just pursuing, in fact, how he used to get, make money. That's I'm talking about, man who's responsible. Tap somebody, say, be responsible. be responsible. You know how he used to get money? Where he was working, there was a problem in the establishment, so they sacked a lot of people. And he got caught in that whole thing. All right? He didn't do anything wrong, but he got caught, with all, so they sacked him. And he was doing a postgraduate program in Unilag. So, you know, and he was a bright chap. So you know what he used to do? He used to go and give lectures to people who want to write ICANN. He would give lecture. Those who are doing a, a MSc program, he would give lecture. He was going from one place to the other, giving lectures to people. That was how he was getting some money. So meanwhile, the woman he was engaged to wanted to marry, she was just finishing from school. She's a pharmacist. So half an hour said, okay, look, let's do this marriage thing now. The guy said, no problem. So the man puts money, puts money together. Then one of my friends said, called me and sent me, ah, do I remember? I think it was 5,000 naira or less. But let's just say 5,000 naira, some years ago, okay? And we went to Nitel phone to go and call my friend. I told him, look, this guy said I should give you 5,000 naira. So we went to Nitel phone booth to go and call that my friend. He said, ah, oh boy, I saw the bomb you sent. 5,000 was bomb. Bomb. So he took the five bomb, added to the other grenades, and every other thing he has connected. Uh, I'm telling you, I was at the wedding. I drove one of the cars. One of one of the cars. One of the boys. One of his own car was one raw old round shako uh, gallant, just driving the thing up and down. We're all there together, but I still remember that picture that day after the whole wedding. It was a small ceremony, very small ceremony. The girl's father didn't even have time to come. She gave, he gave his blessing, but he didn't have time to come because he was involved in some political move about that time. Make a long story short, too. This responsible man got a job. If, ah, what am I saying? When the, when the girl was doing NYC, he had not yet gotten the job, I remember, because they were still managing NYC at Lawe with small, small monies he was getting from giving lecture here and there. But when God opened the door, 
One day, I went to Lagos. One of my friends said, I said, okay, follow me somewhere now. Where? I told him where. He said, he will, he will follow me, but we'll have to go and see this guy first. I said, where is he? They said, walk somewhere around there. So we got to one, one bank that time. I got in there. I said, we're looking for this guy. Ah, he came out. He, guys, I'm in a meeting. I'm in a meeting. Can I, can, can, I, can I come and see you guys later? Where will you be? We told him. Then when he showed up later, he showed up with one brand new Honda like this, with one driver at the, you know, this thing. And he was sitting at the back. Ah. So I said, what's going on? How far with that car? He said, oh, it's my official car. Official? What are you officializing? Are you getting my point? <laughs> and I asked him, I said, are you an AM, a DM, or an M? <laughs> so thank you. I'm an M. Are you deceiving me or something? He said, when he joined the place, he performed so well, all right, his promotion was rapid. Later on, when I go, we, were going to, we got to his house, his wife at that time had two children. I looked at him, I said, oh boy, I hope I can use you to preach. He said, feel free. The story was too dramatic. Let me tell you something about money. It comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. It's not there now, does not mean it won't come tomorrow. It's there now, does not mean it will not go. So better trust in God and forget all of these things. You see, foolish girls say, I'm looking for a man that will take care of me. I've told you, you're not a project in life. Nobody should be taking care of you. The, the, life is hard enough as it is. You have to run the ministry, you know. <laughs> you should be looking for a woman to take care on top of all of this. It doesn't make sense. Ask the lady beside you, does it make sense? It doesn't make any sense. Are you looking for a man to take, a woman to take care of? Please, who's looking for a woman to take care of you? I've not found yet. I'm not looking for a woman to take care of at all. The wife I marry, I'm not taking care of her. She's taking care of me. As a banky. Yes, now. It is not good for a man to be alone. I will do what? I will make him somebody to help him. Who's taking care of who now? Ah, <laughs> scripture is so, is so, you know, revolutionary. The Lord is good. I'm not looking for a man that will take care of you. Looking for a responsible man who together you can accomplish the purpose of God. Are you getting my point here? That's what, that's what they are looking for. A responsible man who together you can accomplish what? The purpose of God. Anything you want in life, pray about it. Let me just warn you ahead. That dream wedding is not going to happen. Okay, now. That dream wedding, what does that happen to it? It's your daughter that will have that wedding. Just go and write everything you want to do down. You'll do it for your daughter. But you, forget that thing. Tell that woman beside you, forget that thing. <laughs> if, if she's single, tell her, forget that thing. Tell her, forget that thing. Nobody's taking you to Dubai for honeymoon. Forget that thing. Honeymoon is going to be your BQ. Forget that thing. You're not going anywhere. See, this man does not know how to prophesy. That's your problem. I'm telling you the word of God. <laughs> Well, get that thing. You're not going for any dream, dream, rubbish dream weddings. That you will give your daughter, that's for sure. Can give your sons. I have no problem with that. But you, you ain't gonna get it. I'm, look, I told in town. I'm one of the few pastors that tell you the truth. I don't lie to you. Give an offering tomorrow. Today you'll be a millionaire. Tomorrow, you lie. Give an offering today, and tomorrow you give another offering. The third day, you will give another offering. If you have a 10 near today, tomorrow you may be a 100 near. If you have a 100 near today, maybe after tomorrow it can be 200 near. One day you will be a 1,000 near. One day you will be a millionaire. One day you will be a billionaire. I'm just saying it's not going to be tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. If anybody says the one offering, I'll tell you the story of widow of Sarifat. We do observe that. Go and ask how much oil and this thing was coming out. Just enough food for each day. <laughs> so just forget that thing. What did I say? Answer me now. Forget that thing. If you want to serve God, serve God. God does not make emergency millionaires. He trains people up to become productive. That's what he does. He trains you to become productive. You start creating things. You start developing a reputation. That's what he does. They give you 100 million naira today, you'll be poor after two weeks. If you have never seen that kind of money before. 
So forget this emergency breakthrough you are looking for. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What is going to happen? God is going to build you up. Somebody say build you up. That's what he's going to do. And he's going to give you the power to create wealth. That's what he's going to do. And for the lady I was talking to, that dream wedding will not happen. So forget it. You know how I'm sure it won't happen? It's not in the Bible. And it's not, it doesn't guarantee anything. So God doesn't worry himself about things like that. If I need you to deliberately accept that I will not get that dream wedding. And that is a test of your faith. It is a test that you love God. Oh, I forgot to tell you. All your friends will laugh on Facebook. Oh, that Facebook is a terrible thing. <laughs> Let me tell you ahead. Exit Facebook. What did I say? Exit. So that you won't see when they are laughing at your gown. But there's something Englishman said. He who laughs last, laughs best. One day, one of those days, one of Lego pastor, the priest, a message. So there was one lady he met somewhere. He went somewhere those days. And he saw the lady. I know something led to it. He went to an office. She was walking in that office. I said, ah, madam, you dress heavy. Are you getting my point? No. He just said, ah. when, when the lady stood up, he just said, ah, madam, you dress heavy. Something, you know, they're talking about some things. Now, when you, you could, you know, if you know something, you can take quality from a distance. So the other guy in the office just said, ah, don't mind how that husband drives an E-class just to show how rich the man was. So they now got talking. You know, he said something. That the lady said that when he first married her, that together they used to literally, literally push the, you know, the little old guy he had, they used to push it together. That's what I'm telling, you know what I'm telling the story? Said my friends used to laugh. That's what I'm telling the story. The lady said my friends used to laugh at me. And I said, those are your friends, where are they now? Said they can't stand where I'm standing. That they can't. So Englishman said, he who laughs last, laughs best. So let them laugh at you. You came to this meeting today. The Lord wanted to remove the idea of dream wedding from you. The man who you really want to marry, your major problem is that he can't afford it. And God will not let him afford it. And in Jesus' name, he not even try to afford it. Let him have sense in his head. How are we wasting good money on, on temporary things? The Lord is good. I told you once, just when I wanted to ask my wife to marry me, I went to Yaba, Teju Show Market, that uh, Fashola has demolished and built a new one. And bought a ring that time, it was 300 naira. 300 naira, I had to ask my marry me. 300. Yes, bigger money then than now, but even if it's not, it's no more than 1.5. Okay, let's push it 2,000. And I carried my ring. Please, the Lord said, I didn't say the Lord said, all right? Just kidding. But actually, the Lord said, I now know. But that time, I thought it was just me. Okay? Marry me. Anyway, let's make a long story short. She collected my ring and wore it on. She wore it down to Enugu. She kept on wearing that ring forever. 300 naira. And then one day, I just woke up one day. I said, I was going to ask when go here. It was her birthday. I said, what's going on? Let's buy, let's replace that ring. Of course, we bought a decent wedding ring, which is still there. Her own is missing. Mine is still there. All right, she wears mine once in a while because the size of the fingers have changed over time. The Lord is good. One day I just woke up and said, let's go and buy a ring, Seth. Because I bet she didn't know. I just went to buy a ring. And when I bought it, I bought two of them. One was 25000 Second one, 25000 I paid the person 50000 and collected two rings. Say, your bed, they wear a new ring. Those rings today, if it's today, each one cannot be less than 150000 I just bought it in one day. The Lord is good. Even the though the beginning may be small, the latter end will greatly increase. And I don't know, Christian women, Christian men, don't treat this marriage thing like uh, unbelievers. We are Christians. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're a Muslim here, say amen. There's no Muslim. If you're an unbeliever, say amen. Nobody. No guy. If you're a Christian, say amen. amen. So when we are Christians, we must behave like Christians. The man is pursuing you. are saying that uh, I don't, the local government is from. My father doesn't like it. Better go and pray for your father so that he wake up out of his slumber. In fact, it's the men that even annoy me the most, not even the women. The women, I even understand their problem. Even though I don't agree, but I understand. But the men is still thinking, I get this from my nature. I don't like my nature girls. 
Don't let God slap you for breakfast, though. The money, they just say, okay, let's slap somebody around. Who do we use this money? They want stupid boy, they don't go there. Bring him. Angels will be using you, 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 your ears to play say, table tennis. And they will do it if you don't stop talking nonsense. Christian man. Say, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. If anyone is in Christ, the person is a new creature. All things have passed away. The Lord is good. Ah, the prophetic anointing has gone down. Let's not go to the teaching anointing. I was talking to people there. Somebody is thinking that, Pastor, did they report me to you? Yes. <laughs> it's who that you, is, you don't know. It's the Holy Spirit that reported you. And he didn't tell me who you are. So I'm talking to you. Honestly, I don't know you are the one. In fact, you may even be listening to this on tape. On CD, maybe on the internet. I don't know it's you. Just make your life ground to a halt because of stupidity. Is it good? Because you don't want to agree with God. People will never move forward in life except they agree with God. Oh, except you agree with him, you are not going anywhere. You're stagnated. One spot. Roaming around the wilderness. Why is everybody quiet and sober? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay. (laughs) This year, you will marry him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yes, whoever I'm talking to, I'm talking to you. And you will prosper abundantly. And God will use you in this, your life. And you, your husband, your children, you will be great. In Jesus' name. God will bless you specially. He will cause all grace to flow towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And you will abound to every good work. He said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. It will come to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's get back to the teaching on the pursuit of God. If you are ready for that, say Amen. Amen. Alright, let's read a number of scriptures that we have um, that we have been on. I have a number of them I want to read for today, but let's start with the one we read last time, the book of Isaiah chapter um, Jeremiah chapter twenty three. Let's start with it. Jeremiah chapter twenty three. So as to save time, I'm going to quickly go to the God's Word translation. And let's just use that one immediately. I'm going to just start from verse 16. This is what the Lord of armies says. Don't listen to what the prophets are saying to you. They fill you with false hope. They speak about visions that they dream up. These visions are not from the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says everything will go well for you. They tell all who live by their own stubborn ways, nothing bad will happen to you. Now, where I'm reading it is what is supposed to be the life of a prophet. Verse 18, he said, Who is in the Lord's inner circle and sees and hears his word? Who pays attention and listens to his word? That is, before somebody can go out and speak for God, he must, she must have been in the Lord's council. If you read my New Living Translation, that's what it says. I'm sorry, New American Standard. This Bible says he must be in the Lord's inner circle. What do they do in the Lord's inner circle? They see his word and they hear his word. Did you notice that? They see the plan of God and they hear his word. They pay attention and listen to his word. He said, who is in the Lord's inner circle and sees and hears his word? Who pays attention and listens to his word? So the storm of the Lord will come with his anger. That's the truth in this situation, verse 19. Like a windstorm, it will swell down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has done everything he intends to do. In the last days, you will understand this clearly. The Lord said again, I did not send these prophets, that's verse 21, yet they ran with their own message. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had been in my inner circle, that's where true prophets originate from, they would have announced my words to my people. They would have turned, said they would have turned back from their evil ways, that is my people, and the evil they have done. Let me just stop here. So you see, for them to be able to announce the words of God to the people of God, 
They had to be in his inner circle. And that's what prophets are. People who are in the inner circle of God. Last time we spoke about this prophetic matter. About being, that is, about being a prophet of God. And I began to explain something. Let me just review it briefly. In just a few minutes. We established the fact that, see, what God wants is prophets on the earth. God has his will in the heavens. And for his will to be executed on this earth, he said, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. The earth he has given to the sons of men. And God follows his own rules. He gave the earth to the sons of men. For that reason, before he does anything on the earth, he talks to them first. He said this clearly. Surely the Lord God does nothing. Amos chapter 3, we read that. We won't go to it now. Except he reveals his secret counsels to his servants, the prophets. What does that mean? Why the prophets? Why not his servants, the teachers? Why not his servants, the pastors? No. He said the servants, the prophets. Now, I'm not talking about prophetic ministry now, but just to emphasize the fact that the prophesying is important. The prophesying is important. Why is it that he said the Lord can do nothing? Surely the Lord does nothing. It is not because he doesn't like to do it, but because without the servants, the prophets prophesying, what he wants to do will not be done. That is just the way it is. Those things will not at all be done. Now listen to this. If the plan of God does not work out on the earth, eventually the earth collapses on itself. That's the way it works. That's how he has designed it. If God wants to do what God wants to do in a country like this does not come to pass, the country eventually collapses on itself. For that reason, to prevent it, what, the, what does the Lord do? He sends his servants into the place and he says, they are my prophets. We established last time that there is nothing on this earth. If I use the example of technology, okay? I use that as an example. There is nothing on this earth that comes to pass except a prophet prophesies it ahead of time. Once I was watching Robert Sliadon talk about John Alexander Dowie. He said long before there was radio, Dowie in his frustrations because he wanted to minister the healing power of God to multitudes, but he was limited to those who could come physically to hear him. He now said, a day will come that I will write here, my words will be carried to people who are thousands of kilometers away, and the healing power will ride on those words and meet them in their homes. That became radio later. Are you getting my point here? He was not a man into technology, but he just saw the day coming and he announced it. The same man announced that a day will come, there will be devices to capture my picture and show it to the sick beside their beds. Are you getting my point? With a sound, and they will be as if they are in the auditorium in the meeting with us. And it happened, and you and I today call it television. The example I gave last time was that the Lord said, in the last days it will come to pass, that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And you see, we look at it and say, listen, well, that means that the Holy Spirit will come down and fall on people. But you must understand that the wisdom of God has breadth. The wisdom of God has length. The, word of, the wisdom of God has depth. There are different levels to the wisdom of God. Are you getting my point here? So there's one part of it that the Holy Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit falls upon somebody. And they come and speak in tongues. And say, this is that which was spoken. There is much more to that which was spoken. How do I know? The Lord Jesus said, the words that I speak... Their spirit and their life. So when he said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, it means I will pour my word upon all flesh. You know, today I was just going through my, uh, my phone, and suddenly I stumbled on it again. The complete book, um, Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. And I said, this is what the Lord was saying. At each point in time, between my tab, my phone, and my computer, I have literally hundreds of books. Hundreds of books. Hundreds of books. Christian books, teaching the word of God, and it's just there. And I can only share with people. And that's why as a minister, as a ministry also, Kingdom World Ministries, we try to remove the restrictions to the fulfillment of that word. So once a word is on our website, we want people to be able to click on it and easily download it. Because it is a fulfillment of the word that Joel spoke. That in the last days, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We said that the Bible that we get, even before this modern technology, just printing. For that to be fulfilled, God gave the wisdom to print. Wisdom for printing was released for the fulfillment of the word of God that he will pour his spirit upon all flesh. So there was a time the Bible was just a few people having it in a few congregations. Are, are, are you getting my point? Chained to the pillar in certain churches. But now, every Christian household, you enter my house, 
both complete and the ones in pieces, you will count them in dozens. And, that's, and you bear it in mind, I have not personally bought a Bible in years. Why? I switched to digital Bible. That is, paper Bible. I've bought a few digital ones, alright? But downloaded most of them for free, paid for a few so they can enter into my Olive Tree device. The main thing God was doing was fulfilling his word. When he said that knowledge will increase. Knowledge has to increase through printing. And later on, these devices came, that's internet. So we download now. In fact, we can't even count how many Bibles are being downloaded anymore. Even down in the center of Saudi Arabia, where they believe that they are the custodians of Islam. Down in the center of Egypt, in the hottest places, in those places, people are reading the true word of God. There's a book I have in which a man, a Christian in Egypt, they said Egypt is the intellectual capital of um, Islam. That is, when you're talking about studies and you know schools and all of that, Egypt is the headquarters. All right, the physical one, pilgrimage, that one is um, Saudi Arabia. But they said Egypt is the intellectual headquarters. So there's this particular man, a Christian. One day he was sleeping, then he just felt maybe like a gun on his head, and he woke up. He had just been kidnapped. A man didn't get up. The man was blindfolded. Let's make a long story short. Because I don't have all the time now to, all right, to spend on that. The man just said, yeah, follow me. And they took him. They jumped some walls, went through some back alleys, went to corner, corner, corner. Finally, they entered the warehouse. And then he entered the place and they locked the door. He had been kidnapped. Then the kidnapper removed his scarf, the, the, the veil over his head. And said, I'm sorry. It had to be like this. But don't worry. You are not in danger. He dropped his gun. Next thing the guy looked, he saw a lot of Islamic clerics. They sat in a circle. They were waiting for him. He said, sorry, we have to do it this way. So that nobody will know. That we have been instructed to hear the word of truth from your mouth. They knew him as a preacher. He said, but we can't come in the open, so we have to kidnap you. So, <laughs> you get to my point. So, they kidnapped the man into an empty warehouse, locked the place, over a dozen of them. And he began to teach them the word of God. Let nobody lie to you that Islam is advancing. Jesus is not sleeping. The word of God, and that's why he needs prophets. You must see, listen, what Satan tries to do is to make us prophesy the negative. I hear people say all the time, Islam is advancing. Talking people, Turkey is coming to open Turkey schools in Nigeria. Let them open. No. I think you talk like chicken. They are afraid. They are afraid. They only told myself, if it's me, Turkey said they want to enter university. They do open university. There is no problem. We will sit down or give. All that I just demand is that we demand scholarships. That's what I will do. I will say, okay, well, for you to open it, you have to open like um, three in southern Nigeria. Uh, at least, you know, you can open north if you want to. They will say, yes, this is where we need to do Islamic evangelism. They won't know that we know the word of God. What word I will, will I be operating? The Bible says that strangers will build your walls. That will be the word I will be operating. When you come to teach, it's not medicine you are going to teach. It's a university. It's not physics. It's not engineering. Are you getting my point? Yes. 